what the hell were they talking about? Because this is evolution. Yeah. It is. I, is it just the evolution? Is it, is there really any negative or positive to this? Or just is this where the species or the human race is going? I mean, it 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 almost smacks to me as I listen to you all talk that this this is an a, a series on Star Trek. You ever watched Star Trek when they had the series on about the Borg, mm -hmm. the collective, the mm -hmm. all these beings that were connected electronically and they all become one unit, but they have no emotions, and they have no touch, mm -hmm. they have no feel, but they are all part of the collective. And and the the issue with the Borg is to try to get assimilate everybody into the collective so they're all of one mind, but they don't have a single mind. They're all one mind, and they all just do what everyone else does. They're all autotrons, and they're all just, they Robots. don't. They, they They communicate through technology, but they don't really have a soul. They don't really have a being. And Abby, you tell me. I mean, you're the, you and Gabby, you're the youngest <laughs> ones in the room, I think. It's interesting that you say evolution because we're learning about this in one of my brain and behavior classes, evolution, and we're talking about natural selection. So is this the next version of natural selection and saying you either follow it or you don't? And from there, you know, you either fall off the wagon because you crave that human connectivity and you're not getting it, or you join the bandwagon and, you know, succumb to an okay version of human connectivity through social media, through those versions. I don't know. And that's looking far into the future, I hope. It kind of <laughs> helps you even discern what kind of individual, if it's a new relationship, like are you using Snapchat, is this mm -hmm. fun, is this a new way, like is this something you like, are you more of a Facebook person, are you more of a texter, do you like phone calls? It's like learning styles. I just mm -hmm. started my classes at CC, I'm an adjunct professor there, and um, everyone has a bit of a different learning style, and it's the same way with last time we were talking about different love languages, yep. and everybody has different communication yeah. styles and ways in which they want to engage in a relationship and intimacy. So Snapchat, chat, you could send a sexy picture, know that it's going to be gone in six minutes, that's your way of flirting, instead of doing like phone sex or something like that. I mean, I, I think some of it too is just it complements different people mm -hmm. in different ways based on what people prefer. Are you more introverted? Do you like that? less invasive, less, um, maybe there's going to be more feedback or more awkwardness if you're on the phone directly. I don't know. But there's a time and a place for everything. And Dr. Tim can probably speak to this much better than I do. I mean, the, the studies out there about, about infants who don't get that contact, that yeah. human touch, that eye contact, and how they develop socially and how they develop. Is this what's becoming the human race? Is this what's going to happen? Because the younger and younger ages, they're putting them on technology. And even if they're not putting them on technology, the parents are on technology. Yes. Parenting has changed. Oh, goodness. Incredibly. And so is this what we're going to become? Is, is a, a species of... Virtual I mean, everything. Let's, let's, let's have a shout out to Abby. Abby just, I, I saw one of Abby's TED Talks she did <laughs> about your experience mm -hmm. in doing those marathons and... Peru, right? So mm -hmm. That was all about experiential stuff. You can't have those on Facebook. You mm -hmm. can't have those on Snapchat. I don't you know. South by Southwest, just this past week, they had a Game of Thrones virtual, I can't remember what the headset was called, but it made you feel like you were going up the ladder in Game of Thrones up to the, to the big tower at the edge of the white 
Like a virtual simulation? Yeah, like virtual mm-hmm. simulation. And the gal who was doing it said, this feels so real. She said, it scared me. I, f- I could it feel it. It feels real. It feels real. It's not real. But can but you I truly wonder, simulate the human emotion? I mean, can, can you yeah. do that in just conversation, in you know, eye contact? Do you think there's ever a way that we can truly stimulate that without it being the real version? I don't know. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh, I no. don't know if we can, but you know, we've had a lot of conversations in the last two weeks about bystander behavior, mm-hmm. whether it has to do with, you know, sexual assault or whether it has to do with, uh, you know, celebrations or anything like that. And to me, the less contact we have with other human beings, the less we are empathetic to uh, wanting to help another human being. And I see that more and more. And once again, today across campus, I tried to make eye contact with people. I really tried to make eye t- contact with people. And so many of the students were just uncomfortable with it. Yeah, I've noticed that. And or the too. ones who did weren't connected. They weren't, you know, mm-hmm. in the ones you try to make eye contact, and it's just nothing. You know what's scary, Dr. D, is when I walk around across campus, you know, you, it's so, it's terrible. I just realized this is that I've subconsciously, I think, given up on making that eye contact with students. But as soon as I see a faculty member or somebody older, I get so excited. And if I, I don't, I didn't, I just realized this in this moment, <laughs> you know, you get excited and you're like, you smile. Oh, I can talk to them. Right. Hey. And that's terrible to feel that way. Just but. even a, a nice hi. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been people who've said that, that something like that, something so small as being acknowledged been, while walking down the street have stopped people from going who were really depressed from yeah. committing suicide and things when they've been even acknowledged and somebody smiles at them. So there is a sad thing, a component to this, that that, that, is, that is going by the wayside, that we're no longer communicating eye contact, smiling mm-hmm. at one another as we pass along the road. And that does make people feel isolated and more alone. Well, if you have any thoughts on um, this eye contact or just the power of social media and different technologies and relationships, it doesn't have to be romantic. It can be just relationships with people. Uh, feel free to call in at 432-3893. And we have your chat. tactile prize Friends back. Yes. And that's not that's not virtual. That's this real is not stuff. Virtual. You will be able to touch it. Yes, it's a year there. supply of condoms, so we've yeah. described. Well, actually, I was hoping can I read this little I, I was gonna invite you to because yes. I feel like this almost encapsulates a little bit of almost everything we've been discussing the past three minutes. Um, it was from an article I read uh, earlier. Um, I will tell you what it was by or which article it was afterward. But um, <laughs> it uh, basically it was my relationship with technology and social media is little is a little like my relationship with fast food. I enjoy it immensely and find it semi-addictive, but deep down I wonder what it's doing to me. Our collective culture embrace of the internet, social media, and the litany of mobile devices represents a massive shift in human behavior. Family members text one another from different rooms in the same house. We move about with earbuds in our ears or our thumbs working on a mobile keyboard or both. At any public place with the internet connection, we sit by ourselves, digesting media along with our coffee and scones and perhaps Snapchats, uh, and, and engage, uh, or engaging in communication with perhaps thousands of friends or connections, just not the person that's seated across the table from them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, th- I felt like that encompassed my own personal view recently, I guess, even so, even though I said I kind of felt something like this was coming all, all since the beginning. But like, I don't know, I kind of feel like, like I said, the people that I feel like are sitting across from me Sometimes I feel like they're not there. Certain mm-hmm. friends, certain family members even. It's it's just kind of a crazy shift in, in human behavior that that literally has happened within the past since the invention of the iPhone. Maybe the internet, but I mm-hmm. think the smartphone or So in my in my um graduate 
class this morning, we were talking about this is going to be the topic for the show, and we we're reading a book for the class called Marriage Rules, and um, and one of the rules was put down to have a good marriage, put down your put down your cell phones, uh, was one of the rules, and so this <laughs> came up, and I hadn't heard this yet, but someone said, and she couldn't cite any specific restaurants, but that there are restaurants that offer you a 10% discount if you don't take your wow. phones out no through the way. whole course of the meal. Wow, unplug. That's, that's amazing. If you unplug, they'll, they'll give you a discount. I'm like, And well, enjoy their experience, too, because yeah. that means you mm -hmm. may come back if you really enjoyed the overall ambiance yeah. of the restaurant. Wow. So I can see where that would be a yeah, good marketing. Yeah, it's kind way. of a good marketing yeah. um, strategy. That's but, really interesting. But I, like I said, I, I, she couldn't think of any specific mm -hmm. um, restaurants yeah. that that's interesting. she had just heard that that was, that was happening. That would be and, a cool trend. And I think I, I mentioned it the last time that um, there was one of those uh, chalk billboards outside of a cafe, and written on it was, "We do not have Wi-Fi. Talk to each other." Wow, <laughs> I like awesome. that. And yeah. you know, just kind of hitting on this same yeah. point. Like, there's people right next to you. You don't need a phone to talk to them. And how do we interact with them face to face? Well, you know, there's there's two things happening that I see, and maybe you can all comment on this. One, we have a congenital situation which young people are being raised on technology which will change the brain we also have the acquired what i call disability which is the older folks who are now turning to technology and abandoning some of the old practices and i'll give you an example and i hope to god my wife is not listening <laughs> but i'll come home and she and she's a self-described addict to facebook <laughs> and i'll say can you can you turn off Facebook for a minute so we can talk? And she'll slam it shut. She says, what do you want to talk about? Wow. She doesn't really want to talk. She <laughs> wants to communicate through Facebook with you know her friends. And it actually eliminates her ability to want to talk about the everyday activities or things mm -hmm. like that. It's kind of like, I go, oh, okay, I guess we're not going to talk because, you know. She needs that, that community. Mm -hmm. And I've seen other adults, you know, as I've said many times on the show, I think, you know, when I do POP, parent orientation, and I ask them, how many of you during this presentation have used yours? And it's gone up mm -hmm. to about 80, 85% now. Mm -hmm. So they just, they kind of turn off the other things and they almost become more addicted to it than the younger people. I think that's especially true, Dennis, in long-term relationships as well. Because I've even noticed that my boyfriend and I have been together three years now and we're on our phones, I can't tell you how many times I click and look at my phone to see if I have a Facebook notification or a like, and somehow mm -hmm. I feel special if I have mm -hmm. more likes on a post. It's like I gauge how great it is, whatever it is that I said that day. And, you know, and I do notice that now, the longer we've been together, that we'll be sitting watching TV together, and instead of chatting during a commercial or something, we're both on our phones checking mm -hmm. Facebook because we're bored. And it's almost like... In, in long-term relationships in general, it's harder to keep the spark alive and you have to be or actively involved and engaged in that relationship and trying to continue to add interest that was there kind of when you were first together. And I think we can resort to technology as a as a boredom sap, like when mm -hmm. we're bored, then we go to that instead of trying to figure out how to make this relationship more interesting, mm -hmm. engage in conversation. And I think that's where, like Tina, you were saying with the marriage thing, put down your phones because when you've been married, you've obviously been together at least a year or more usually at once you get married. So then you do. It's easy to kind of just use a different resource instead of that partner who could be there for mm -hmm. the social stimulation mm -hmm. and interaction and that kind of thing. And we lose mm -hmm. it a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, given that technology is here to stay, mm -hmm. I want, in my practice, I try to harness it. Sure. And, and uh, get people to think about, is the technology bringing you closer together or is sending you further apart? And I've seen some really good examples of where people have used technology to bring them closer together. And I like that. Mm -hmm. and, and so it would include, uh, it's, um, it's fascinating to me. I, um, I have a, a, a couple that I'm, that I'm thinking of who have a really hard time talking face-to-face -face about difficult subjects and avoid them pretty much entirely. But if they, uh, when you know they're in separate places, they Google Talk and they can talk about really hard things through Google Talk that they can't do face to face. Mm, now, is that good? Is, is it still my wish that they could do it in person? Sure. And is it hopefully a step in the right direction, right. maybe toward being to do that? But either way, it allows for something rather than nothing. Right. And um, and I think that overall, that's that's been really good for them that mm -hmm. they can they can use use it in that way. It's so true. There are um, so many You know, many and I, I think you know about my husband and I, who you know we use our phones a lot as well. But you know, there's times that it's you know we see an article and it's interesting, and we send it to each other, mm -hmm. and then we talk about it that night. Yeah. And so yeah. it's not something that we you know we're kind of on it so that we can be in our own separate worlds. We're on it in a way that hopefully overlap. That mm -hmm. we find sure. overlap and mm -hmm. you know there's and I stimulating actually love things. Doing that. I do that with so many friends where that is a great benefit that I didn't think about earlier that I, I read an article and I know that they might be at work or I know that they might be out of town that they won't be able to read it right now but if I send it to them in a message in Facebook and then the next time I see them I can easily just be like oh hey did you get that message you I sent you it? and then yeah. it just starts a great yeah. conversation or it spawns like oh and somebody else in the group didn't see that let's watch it real quick or mm -hmm. let's read it real quick and then talk about it does mm -hmm. it does promote that conversation when you are I have seen those okay I, I'm just too old for this I just need to retire <laughs> because <laughs> it, is that really good to get messages from different people about articles and things or my dog just pooped in the driveway or I mean is it do you really want that I mean I, I've got my birthdays coming up okay on Saturday mm -hmm. and I'm gonna get probably 60 70 email notifications from Facebook which I don't want that number Take one day off I don't really off. care I took my birthday about that. Facebook I didn't but, the second but year it was I can I tell you too. my wife's going to note gonna, to self do not wish Dennis happy birthday yeah. on Saturday <laughs> my, my wife's going to monitor that and she said oh you got 60 I only got 40 <laughs> I mean, this whole thing about checking your Facebook to see if you got, you know, a, a gratification because somebody likes yeah. the picture you have of your water in your basement. Yep, I'm so guilty of it. What yeah. is that really healthy? I don't know. Is I don't really think I'm talking more so about like actual articles, uh, like or even a Daily Show or a Colbert clip that I'll send to my friends that like I know they didn't but see the why? episode because it's. it's it's because the same as calling him on the phone and say, hey, did you hear about this? It's, it's, it's but it it's provides that avenue. form of water cooler. Yeah. Exactly. It provides that that, that media mm -hmm. that I sent them for them to watch it at their own free will. It's and then overload. the next time we get together. It's overload. Some of it We're, is, but you're also sure. saying, Kevin, to your friend, hey, I was thinking of you. I read this article and exactly. it made me think of you, which is also a nice gesture. That's right. something that mm -hmm. I know that you might be interested Passionate in because I know your life. likes mm -hmm. and interests. I thought you also would be interested right. in this. That I have I have an artist friend. Her name's Tiffany, and I like I love to send her things. Not because gosh, there's the internet saturated with stuff, but like stuff that I know is specifically in her interest or her medium. I love to send it to her because one, it makes me think of her, and two, 
maybe one that pro- promotes a conversation that inspires me to do something kind of creative like that. Or it's or learning. It's, it's sharing. It's kind of a and different learning. weird. And that's actually what our coworker Becky was kind of saying. I asked okay. her what's a, what's a big positive about it, and she was just like, it, it provides that platform, um, kind of the gauge of what the environment is liking, what the environment, what the students are needing or, or thinking is popular, so that maybe they can get their message across and it'll resonate because it was done through a flash mob or done through a, a zombie walk or something that we, like we, we wouldn't see as older people. We are a society that can justify anything sure. that we want. I mean, how many students can tell you what the weather was like today or saw what tree was cut down on campus or noticed that three people were shot in Lansing today or any of that stuff? They Talk about the environment. When you get overload, so much information overload all the time, you don't experience things. You might learn things, things that you don't need to learn or even know about. But you don't really experience it. That's why I was referencing your time in Peru. Mm-hmm. You experienced this marathon. You experienced what it was like to do that, what a marathon a day. And you did it for a cause, and you saw what was going on in Peru. You experienced it. You didn't have people sending you a snapshot of Peru saying, oh, this is what the Peruvian mountains look like. But we did engage with classrooms from around the world through technology. You know, that's a pause. And, and, and that's tough. And I learned about it through the Internet. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's... It's difficult, and I, and I think I understand. It's like, still def- virtual. That's it's virtual, true. but I think when you, ex- I think that's where it comes down to complementing versus substituting. I yeah, really yeah. think so, and and I know Dennis hates technology. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey Dennis, I'm on board with you on this because, like I said, when I had my friends, we were taking a boat ride from mainland to the island they were taking a picture and they spent the 20 minutes trying to figure out what Mm -hmm. they wanted to post like in verbiage with the picture and i was watching everything go by not to say there was much changing because it was water and but the island was getting closer (laughs) and i think that's and i think that's where i'm like i'm on your side because i'm all about Mm -hmm. experiencing but if you can connect to somebody that has doesn't have that access which i'm hoping my friends are doing it for that reason that they want somebody to go to whatever island we were going Mm -hmm. to because they experienced this this and this and and a lot of people should experience this. So it's like a promotion. I believe but I think I think the conversation we want to keep, though, is looking at our relationships with others and how it's impacting that. So not necessarily True. if you're learning things or sharing things, but, for instance, if you're so engulfed in a social media that you can't engage in conversation or, you know, what kind of or how we're using social medias in our relationships with people. So, for instance, you know, there's a few apps out there like Tinder, and it's mm-hmm. giving students a platform to meet people. You know, for instance, and I know a couple of people were unsure what Tinder is. So let me play a quick feature for you and uh, we'll kind of get that detailed and we'll talk about the relationship building of social media and how that's impacted it. He's a little bit old school for And now we get into the dating and relationship apps. The first being Tinder. This is a sort of who is hot and who is not type game. Impact's Michaela Colonna tells us the story. You open the app, and a picture of a person appears on your phone. You swipe to the right if you think they're hot, and to the left if not. If two people swipe each other to the right, it's considered to be a match. From there, you are free to chat via messenger. Welcome to Tinder, one of the newest, hottest apps on the market that allows you to meet people in your area. But are people using it just to chat with locals in their area? Or has it also become an inadvertent way of dating? So do you use Tinder? Why or why not? I use Tinder because it's flattering when the people that you like, like you back. No, I don't use it because I'm in a long-term relationship and think the idea is a little weird. Yes, I use Tinder because it's a fun app, but I'd never actually consider meeting up with anyone in person. 
No, I don't use it because I've never really paid attention to dating websites because I've been with someone for a long time. Tinder not only allows you to make discreet physical judgments based on a picture, but it also connects two people based on similar tastes and mutual friends. But whether or not it's actually downloaded for dating purposes, many college students seem to be using Tinder for one similar reason. I use Tinder because I want to see how many hot girls are on campus. For Impact News, I'm Michaela Colonna. Ladies, this next one is for you. Lulu is an app that ranks men in a variety of ways. Sounds pretty good, huh? Well, Impact's Lauren Godlusky has the details. A new app has surfaced that allows ladies only to anonymously rate men, called Lulu. You heard correct. Whether you're a friend, an ex-girlfriend, or a hookup, this new dating tool lets ladies anonymously rate and comment on their male friends, exes, or hookups, performances, personality, and overall looks to warn or encourage future daters. There's even a best and worst section among each individual review that features hashtags as comments like hashtag forgets his wallet, hashtag boring, hashtag mothers love him, or hashtag Napoleon complex. Basically, the app lets you get to know your guy by stalking his reviews via your peers' opinions. Junior Tyler Fessler wasn't too fond of it to begin with. I am very skeptical because I... I'm kind of nervous to hear what some of the people say, but for in general, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not really a big fan of it. I think it's very uh, demoralizing and, I guess, very rude towards men that women can bash them or, I'd say, slander them um, behind their backs and them not be able to see what they say. I actually heard about it, uh, like, three weeks, probably three weeks ago, um, and, like, one of my friends, uh, his girlfriend actually looked his up and then chewed him out for things that ex-girlfriends or ex-hookups had said about him. So it was really, really awkward for him, more or less. So whether you consider Lulu creepy or helpful, it may just stick around for quite some time. I'm Lauren Gadlusky. Now, students around campus have been anxiously checking a Twitter handle called MSU Crushes. They wait to see if their name, their hair color, their t-shirt, or even their backpack gets called out on this public bulletin board. Impact's Michelle Fagali has a story behind this new communication for Spartans. Looking to voice your secret crushes on campus but afraid to tell them in person? Some students at MSU have created an awesome outlet for us Spartans to anonymously confess our crushes on campus. You just write out a little blurb of who you're crushing on and send it in to the MSU Crushes Twitter page. I was able to have an anonymous direct message conversation with the actual creator of the page. The creator said that they get several outrageous messages every day. They even get a few people who are brave enough to tweet directly at them from their own Twitter page. The people in charge of the page believe that this is a much more effective way of gaining a connection with your crush. They also hope to improve their outlet and find a way to better initiate relationships between people on campus. I talked to students on campus to see if they would actually use this way of communication with their crushes. I think MSU Crushes is pretty funny. It's fun to just scroll down Twitter and see what uh, people aren't brave enough to say to the people in person. I think when people like notice like that they're on it, it like, you know, at least makes them feel good about themselves for a little bit. Even if you can't talk to your crush directly, this Twitter page is a great confidence booster for the people that do get those anonymous crush shoutouts. So go on Twitter, search MSU Crushes, and send them your love interests of the day. You never know what could happen. (laughs) 
Okay, what do you think about that for the ugly truth, ladies so, and gentlemen? So technically, <laughs> since I don't, I'm not an avid looker mm-hmm. on Twitter. I thought I'd share this. So with you. many people could have tweeted about me. About you, yes. On campus, your new haircut got a lot. Oh my gosh, I'm so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was I, I, say, I, I, <laughs> I have no idea. No, no I'm idea. just saying, like, if if I guess if there's a large following of people that actually kind of look mm-hmm. at this and and there's that collection, it I, there's people seeing it. But what about People that just don't say it just means nothing to me, I guess. Because, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a student anymore, but like that doesn't seem like something I would want to go sifting mm-hmm. through a long list to see if I was mentioned among how many students do we have here? Yeah, I mean, it just I came like into a, the show thinking big. that there was a lot of positives to oh, technology. I still want to talk about positives. I, I really I, do think there are. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to the dark side. But we've yeah. been talking and about even, the negatives Even if just keeping it to relationships, I, I'm convinced that we are a consumer society and we are a very voyeuristic society. And because we are, we'll continue to consume these types of apps Mm -hmm. where you rate people and you look at what people say about crushes. It'll continue to happen. I can't see the positive in that. I can see some of the positives, you know, of uh, like a Match.com or Mm -hmm. eHarmony and things like that. Or even texting Mm -hmm. somebody that has difficulty with communication. But as you well know, Dr. Tim... Communication is is complex as it is mm-hmm. on just a one-to-one level, let alone right. when you re- reach the virt- virtual realm. And what I'll say about virtual reality is there's part that's virtual and then there's part that's reality. And the thing that scares me about all this stuff mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of people out there that are being harmed uh, mm-hmm. from being right. posted about, being talked about, being, you know, can you imagine having your picture up there and people rating it it is demoralizing i liked what it, that guy said about just, that it, it, it dumps just it really worries me i mean the, the thing about crushes and about hot or not hot I mean, we have a raging problem with eating disorders on this campus already because of you know people having distorted body image and, mm-hmm. and we're, we're rating people mm-hmm. and this is healthy yeah that's certainly I not just it just but again if we take a Step back, and I've got lots of concerns about those apps and, yeah. and how destructive they can be right. to people and how we're feeding um, the wrong animal there. But but it's interesting that you bring up places like Match.com and eHarmony. Ten years ago, if people met on the Internet and you asked them how they met, they'd be like, they were almost embarrassed to say that that's how they met. There was more stigma and mm-hmm. they were more right. like, kind of like, you know, there was still people struggled with, I guess I couldn't find someone any other way In and I had to go, you know, yeah. virtual. And now, it's so I, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but, you know, people are loud and proud about mm-hmm. the fact that that's how they right, met each right. other and good good matches do, you know, come of it. And it's the almost the primary way that people are meeting each other. And so it's just interesting to see in this amount of time how mm-hmm. that went from stig- stigmatized and taboo and alternative way of finding people that was kind of creepy that people felt like mm-hmm. to a highly legitimate um, and some of the, you know, some of the websites are, you know, very scientific in how they right. match you. And, I'm going to be single for you. life. Well, and, you know, <laughs> that's why <laughs> some people feel that way. And again, I mean, of course, I run an STD website. OK, and, and now I do the spokes stuff for the STD dating website. But 
in in that realm as well as in any kind of realm where you find taboo kind of taboo issues or taboo subjects so stds are one of them maybe if you're talking about kink or fetishes or atypical type of relationships polyamory Mm -hmm. anything along those lines open relationships people are finding that online is a really effective way to find find like-minded folks to not feel alone Mm -hmm. in a society that would would otherwise make you feel that way when you talk about like eight hundred thousand members on an std dating website that's huge Mm -hmm. and these people are getting married and when i'm talking to people online they're meeting their their future spouses and they are having really great relationships that they're not just virtual, I think there is a really great benefit in that kind of realm as well. So there's something that can be gained when you can feel like there are people like you where you can find Mm -hmm. information and resources where you couldn't otherwise do it face-to-face, where people don't talk about those things in public. And that's a big thing, a big positive, I think, in the college sphere is if people feel intimidated. I mean, it's sad that they do feel intimidated to speak with one another in the beginning, but if Mm -hmm. they do, they have another avenue to start a conversation or to begin, you know, that hey you know let's get to know each other a little bit would you like to go on a date now you know it's Mm -hmm. almost like breaking that barrier and then continuing that relationship in person right and what's really interesting is I talked to a bunch of students today actually about their thoughts on technology and the media and I just simply asked them how do you feel that technology has changed relationships or dating um you know just a very open-ended question and every single one of them brought it back to I still know that face-to-face communication is the most important and the most effective and so I actually want to play that clip really quickly. Um, it was very interesting just listening to these students. So here's a little positive for you, Dennis. <laughs> Social media has, I would say, degraded the personal connections that people have. It seems to be more in the busy lifestyle that people have, even when they're not like employed or anything. People are all about on the move and on the go. And so they'll say something, they'll make a Twitter, they'll make a comment, but it's always impersonal. It's not really personal. It's all about getting reputation or karma or comments or likes or anything. It's not actually about the, the general comments or ingenuity of like their mind or what they believe. So really oftentimes, just like in the news and the media, you get what sells. You don't actually get anything that's really real. And even in like dating and relationships, you sometimes see that people are just willing to, especially with online dating, put the most common and most acceptable things on their page. And so really, it's actually a danger. I don't really do social media except like for for like work and whatnot if it wants me to have a page. So I don't really advise it, but I know it's part of the evolution and things that are going on. So I think that this is going to have the, the lead of like, this is going to be the path that things follow. And... I think that's going to really degrade relationships. I think it's good and bad, honestly. Um, I think it's good for like long distance relationships. Obviously, if someone like lives far away, you can keep in contact through Facebook or whatever. Um, I also think it kind of hinders relations relationships too, because like you can hide behind the wall of social media. You can get away with stuff, kind of, which I think in the long run impacts a healthy relationship. Um, I do believe that technology does have a major impact on relationships and a a lot of stuff. (laughs) We actually just did a paper about it in my IH class and um, I think, because I think people can hide behind like their phones and computers and say stuff that they want to instead of face-to-face interactions. I feel that we've already seen more procrastination, we've already seen more repetition and more people like, like getting addicted to very basic concepts in either games or or just ideas online and just constantly being on the internet. And so I feel that this is going to even occur more, especially as we get more and more attached to our smartphones, because there are still people who don't have them. But once everybody does, it's gonna get even worse with like how 
how on the go connected we always have to be and how literally we'll always be staring at our phones rather than, you know, really paying attention to each other. It's a big deal about who texts who first and then so then that causes an argument. I think it just causes more problems in relationships like that. I probably, I think I prefer Facebook. Facebook. Oh, yeah, which is what I'm on right now, so. <laughs> oh, um, I have a girlfriend of two years and I mean, I'd known her a lot before that, but trying to get to know her more, um, I definitely was um, texting her and doing uh, phone calls and other things of that nature, but mostly I think that building the relationship was more face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. so. Because I think people are like, forgetting how to talk with one another like face-to-face, -face, which is obviously the most important thing in a relationship is communication. Mm -hmm. And so if you can hide behind. I'd say it would help just for the sake of like showing that you're still interested in them and you want to spend more time with them and still continue conversations and stuff. But I still felt that like face-to-face -face was definitely the where the most connections were made. And so there you kind of have a summary of I think all we talked about. And so I think in a lot of it, the you know, idea of social media was negative, but it's interesting because they're still using it. So is it better that they're aware of these negative impacts and then still understand the positivity or how face-to-face -face communication can be? Or, I mean, it's kind of a whole nother monster. So. I can't remember who said it too, but somebody here, maybe Dr. T, or, or even maybe it was you, Abby, but part of it is, is finding balance mm -hmm. and being mindful of how much time am I spending in the virtual mm -hmm. realm versus how many, how many hours am I spending engaging with somebody and or my relationship, my partner face-to-face -face and touching, talking, eye contact. And I think if you can find that balance and you can utilize social media and online and any kind of that kind of resource in a positive way, maybe you send cool messages and cool uh, articles to people back and forth, but then at the end of the day, you come back and talk about them as a couple. That can be really healthy, but you have to be aware of it and mindful and, and balance that. Mm -hmm. You're right. And actually, there's this quote that literally kind of says exactly what you says, maybe in prettier language, which is, if you can use these <laughs> yes, clever online yeah. tools. Prettier language? I'm sorry, did I, I did not mean that in any offensive <laughs> way. I thought um, Janelle was there. No, it's, it's, you'll, you'll understand what I mean. It's a good play on words. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's not even applicable at all. I don't know, but um, no offense taken. Hopefully. None taken. Um, if you can uh, use these clever online tools to achieve some of your most important life goal goals, then by all means do it. Yet every mo other moment you spend on your iPad, smartphone, or laptop is as beneficial to your life as getting into your car and putting the pedal to the metal without a destination. So to me, that says something like, if we don't know where we're going with all this, if there's, I guess, not even the conversation about mm -hmm. why are we sending these messages, does it? give us that connection when we text like you were saying earlier like we can go through those problems a lot easier through a Google chat if that's the goal then good there is a destination but otherwise I feel like like I don't know I took you to the dark side today but I, I feel well, like we're yeah. gonna, there's no destination there's you know, no lis listening to all you and I, I'm, I'm really extremely conflicted about this because mm -hmm. if I work by my definition that works for me it works in my professional career that Health is the capacity that an individual has at any given moment to engage the world, live in the world, and give back to the world. Then by that definition, this is not healthy because I, I think it sets up a lot of people not to engage the world 
not to have the capacity to live in this world, although maybe I'm the one who's not living in the world. Maybe the, the evolution has changed to a point where this will be it. But then I start thinking, will there be a tipping point at some point where people will just say, technology, we, well, we've, we've lost the ability to actually mm -hmm. touch and feel. I think I think it's interesting that you say the world. I think the definition of what people's world looked like might be changing in a sense of it mm. includes a cyber world as well as the physical world, which might be very scary, you know. And I think the thing that, that I worry about most is, you know, the lack or the inability to communicate effectively face-to-face -face and to feel, but also that need for gratification that we find with those social medias and with mm -hmm. those different technologies. You know, for instance, the likes, the retweets, uh, the posts and all that stuff, just having to constantly check it and see who liked it. You mm -hmm. know, it's, I was I was thinking about it as I was walking on the sidewalk today. You know, I said, okay, if I had new shoes on, would I be that self-conscious? Like, oh, who's going to notice who's them? Gonna who's who's going to see my new right. shoes? Who's going to like them? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. Um, I don't know, social media as a whole, they, there was an article that kind of compared it to the invention of the car, and I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys yeah. caught that. I just thought it was so interesting. They were saying, like, you know, when the car was invented, um, they th drove people to their car, not to play on words, but they drove people to their cars, go to movies on cars, go out for a drive, and they kind of said, like, the invention of the car, uh, we're undergoing, like, a similar acculturation of this technology, um, where basically the current obsession with digital gadgets like the car um, will jump into... Or will drop will not drop like a hat or not disappear, but it'll normalize and become mm -hmm. to a manageable mm -hmm. level. Like we don't we don't not go into our cars nowadays, but we don't watch movies in a in a drive-in to watch, you know, in our cars. But we still use cars in our daily lives. I I hope, like this article kind of said, is it'll become more manageable. We won't have nine different accounts: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all these things to check to make sure that we're connected in, in all these, perhaps mm -hmm. spheres, fake, <laughs> yeah. fake connections our false connections or what we have as a facade okay. of these connections I, wor I worry about people uh, developing a virtual unreality mm -hmm. you know there was a quote by one of the uh, bombers at Hiro Hiroshima who dropped the first one of the first atomic bombs and he did it by radar and he said it didn't it wasn't real I mean I had I radar and I used it it wasn't until I went there and I realized what I'd actually did and experienced the devastation that I knew what reality was all about. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just looking at radar. And so much of what we do these days is virtual. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, it's not real. You're not there. You're not experiencing. So whether it's raiding somebody or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I worry about that in relationships. I worry about... I'm not, I'm not opposed to any type of app that helps people engage with like people. Mm -hmm. It's just where you take that engagement. Mm -hmm. right. Does it become mm -hmm. consistently, you know, technological? This is a two-hour show because it's interesting, too, because you, if you look at, for instance, my generation, you know, we were introduced into all these social medias and these technologies and in high school, college, you know, maybe even middle school a little bit. But for instance, Dennis, you know, your generation was introduced to it later. So maybe it's that adjustment period that, you know, that maybe that's the, the change yeah. to understand the balance. You know, so maybe everybody in their generation sees it differently and mm -hmm. for them or from there forth will interpret it differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. And that's just another option, especially with the generation born now who immediately have all those technologies. What will that turn into? My generation was too high to understand anything. And you turned out okay. We all have our perception of reality. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess this kind of fuels into that, like, I mean... 
what is reality, I guess. But no, we all, I mean, in, in real life, we all have our own reality, and it's different from everyone else's mm -hmm. reality. And but at the, at the, at, at the uh, anthropological look of sure. reality is, the basis of that word is relationships also. Hmm. In reality are, is the basis for relationships, and relationships have to be real in some way. And it, I just worry it's about reality how... And, and it's got its new definition now, kind of like when... <laughs> There's that song back when a Coke was a Coke, mm -hmm. uh, you know, different words kind of evolve their meaning as well, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe this reality is not your reality. It's it's this new reality. We are becoming the Borg. It, that's <laughs> well, I do hope I that, so. you know, this, this episode will be archived. So, you know, in 10 years, we'll be actually <laughs> we back looking back, right? you know, and Listen, seeing. I'm going to be like, what was oh, Right. And I think, you know, again, this comes back to kind of what our generation, all of our generations together are asking and continually talking about is what will the future be? I don't think we know, but I think we can continually check ourselves and be aware of Talk its impacts. It, yeah. And I think that's just the start of what we did tonight. So well, did you see how she tied that I impact radio right <laughs> here and everything She like is that? a powerhouse. <laughs> tell you. Well, thank you very much for coming this evening. Maybe we can try a two-hour show next month. Yeah, <laughs> oh, gosh, two hours of talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, this is Kevin, Tina Tim, or Dr. T, Janelle, and Dr. D. With that, I say thank you and good night. You have been Sexposed. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure. Impact Exposure.